Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're a friend or an enemy, from Am I the Only One to Celebrity, <laughs> we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. He must admit that he was distracted and outsmarted. It's my co-host, Evan. We made a pact that we would finish what we started. <laughs> it's my co-host, Saker. Did we? We've never made a pact. You could walk away at any time, and I think I talk about this a lot. We could both walk away at any right, time. Right, right, but I'm... I'm uh, I'm very motivated by obligation. I think we've talked about this yes. before as Shall well. Shall we make the pact right now? No. <laughs> you want to have an out. It's like a, I don't know, like making a pact would somehow cheapen it, right? Because I'm here because I want to be and also because I feel obligation to like make it, make an honest woman out of me, like to like put a <laughs> ring on it. Like, uh-huh. I don't know, that somehow cheapens my dedication to this podcast. But is, is a pact not just another level of obligation? I mean, you are- already- But why make it? You know I'm going to be here for you. <laughs> that's that's true. Sometimes I wake up... Like, I'm going to complain the whole way, but I will be there. That I wake was... up before I record, and I'll think, what if this is the day Evan just doesn't come? <laughs> what if he's gone forever? <laughs> I wonder if that's what my child yeah. feels sometimes. When he wakes up in his crib, and he goes, oh, I'm alone forever. I, <laughs> my parents no that's longer what, exist. Like my... I think my my son had definitely has object permanency, but like when I go away, he gets very like when he's left alone, yeah. even for even if it's for ten seconds, he gets very irate. Really? Like he'll, I'll go be like, all right, buddy, I got to go into the house for literally ten seconds to grab the keys or something like that. Right. And when I come back, he is like full on ugly cry in tears. Jesus, like Christ. you left me alone. I'm like, you could see me the whole time. <laughs> like I was just in the house. Fuck. Is this like separation anxiety? I think, and he's had it. It comes and goes, but like he's definitely. He's like, I was crying because you were gone, and I'm like, I was like two heartbeats. I was gone for. Yeah. Like, oh boy, you're, he's, he you're, works up real quick. But I'm negligent. Uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> here's here's a, a quandary. Uh, your child is three. Three. Uh, if your child was sleeping in the back of the car. And it was not a cold day or a hot day. It was mm-hmm. a medium day. And you had to run into a store for three minutes. And you locked the car. Could you leave a sleeping child in the car for... Th- this was on Reddit. And it was highly deci- divisive. I don't think I could. I, that's what I, I fell on the side of, too. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I don't think I would castigate anybody for doing that. I mean, if I came... So there's a lot of different ways you can come at it. So you come upon a sleeping child in a car... First thing you're going to assume is, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if I knew that the parent, if like the parents like, okay, I'm only going to be there. And for, like, I see them like put the car, like calling the car. I'm like, I'm just running in to get one thing. Like explain themselves to me. Like, that's fine. Like, I totally understand that guy. That is literally the situation that happened. The parent said, I'm only going in for one thing. And the guy who posted on Reddit was like, that you, sh- you can't do that. And so he called the police on her. That is, Jesus. A, that's unacceptable. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's yeah. unacceptable. CPS will... You know, if you're the best mom in the world, CPS can fuck you up for just one thing. Yeah, so. yeah. So I don't, I don't think that was necessary. Sure, call the cops in rare. And was there, a, was there a racial component to it as well? Uh, the the post did not state that. Okay. <laughs> so difficult to tell. Well, actually, yeah. probably not difficult to tell. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, what a fun start. Have we? But not- actually, I mean, I've actually read a couple studies on this sort of thing because I was curious about it, and like, um, women are more likely to be called out for doing this than men. Really? For, for sure. Um, interesting and uh like because i mean men always get the bonus of being like i mean the bar is so fucking low for men as fathers like it's (laughs) it's actually kind of (laughs) great it is we i i know i I feel bad simultaneously with feeling great like yeah everyone's like oh you're such a good dad i'm like yeah i do stuff with my kids like (laughs) oh my god you're such a good husband yeah i do stuff with my partner and i love him like (laughs) and like it's not yeah it's not just fatherhood it's like i remember when when my partner and i were planning our wedding 
people were just like, you're he- you're you're at the cake tasting. You mm-hmm. are like putting things that like, you're picking out colors too. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I we're spending cake. a lot of money on this. Yeah, it's a food tasting. Yeah. What the fuck? fuck? Wouldn't I come to a cake tasting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people were. It's true. Yeah. The bar is, and I I hate feeling like I'm capitalizing on that. But, yeah. but that's privilege, though. It's one hundred percent. Yeah. You know, obviously, I'm going to call out other guys I see. Sure. Like, I don't know. Like when my partner was pregnant, I stopped drinking because yeah. you know he couldn't drink. Yeah. And. Like I remember talking to the women at work about it, and they're like, "Well, my husband st- drank more because he said <laughs> drink I'm drinking two for now. two now," <laughs> which is hilarious, Jesus but also Christ. a really shitty thing to do. Absolutely, ah, that's sweet to get fall out drunk when your partner is in their most vulnerable state of all. <laughs> you, know, you know, guys need a bunch of alcohol to deal with stuff, right? Because we can't express our emotions. It's, that's the patriarchy. That is the patriarchy. Um, hey, but let's do something funny instead of just talking about how shitty society okay. is. Okay. Uh, Ev, uh, do you want to talk about the song or should we chat some more? Let's chat, let's chat some more. Okay, we haven't recorded in a really long time. Yeah, this is probably the longest we've ever gone between. I went to Washington PP. Washington part of DC. Okay, I was trying to uh, piece out what PP stood for. Prepage. Oh, okay, (laughs) Washington prepage era. Yes. Um, Oh no, no, it's postpage because we know that he's been there because of the uh, um. The Bare Naked in America. Yep. Yeah, documentary. They were out. They were literally outside the White House. You get. They got a lot closer to the White House than I was able to. Hey, um, whoever told me that you would lend me the documentary that goes more into Kevin's cancer? There's another Bare Naked documentary out there. Please, great. D- DM us. We'll watch that at some point. That's great. I want to learn more about <laughs> the guy I love being sad. <laughs> It's going to be a blast, buddy. You're going to love it's it. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you, you, for such a Halloween boy, you're a Halloween boy. You have I the am. busiest November. Are you also a thank, uh, do you give thanks, boy? I'm like a, I, feel, I usually, my schedule gets pretty packed around the holidays. Yeah. You're not, you're not a stand for Thanksgiving though. You don't. No. I mean, who's a stand for Thanksgiving? It's, it's like the- some, you're going to put like turkeys and like <laughs> pilgrim hats around everything and like. <laughs> You know, like I wear buckles I, like, the entire yeah, day of like, November. Like I think, like outside of like first grade teachers, sure. I can't think anyone has like the resources <laughs> to like. You can't like go out and buy a. But you can Anybody go out and buy a bunch of us. Chinese trading. What is that place? Oriental called? trading. Oriental trading. Uh oh. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I'm just upset that I said Chinese trading at first. Um. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you could buy. I'm sure a bunch of turkey cutouts for five dollars you could get a hundred and seven gross of turkey cutouts yeah, basically paste them wallpaper your house with turkeys you could i and i bet there are a very few people who get really into th- i mean thanksgiving's pretty fun yeah right oh yeah like i think it's more fun than go have a feast with your friends and family presumably let's rank the holidays every month has a holiday right january's new year's February's no okay so new year's is pretty high new yeah. year's is a great holiday new year's is a good holiday valentine's day sucks ass yeah it's not good Mart, uh, St. Patrick's Day. That's a lot of fun for me. For you, yeah. You yeah, like watching I, I all the leprechauns. I go movies. watch the leprechauns movies and get roaring drunk. Yes. On and I make any uh, baked potato bar. And you, <laughs> so that's God. That's true. Okay, so that's fairly high. Uh-huh. Uh, what the fuck is April's holiday? Uh, isn't it Easter? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Easter. Sure. Low. Easter's good for kids, but not really for adults. I don't. It's it's weirdly all the other holidays, even Christmas, which is weird. I can separate from their religious mm-hmm. aspect, but Easter's still so couched in in well, religion. Obviously, but like I don't know. I don't. I celebrated Easter as a kid, and I went to church a bunch because sure. I was raised Catholic. But okay. like, I can go and fucking go sure. to an Easter egg hunt with a bunny, and the kids fucking love it. But you know, there's nothing for adults. Yeah. You eat like a marshmallow peep, and you're like, good job. Yeah. Yeah. Easter's over. Uh, May is Memorial Day. <laughs> I, could, I, I like a good day off now and again. Bank holidays. Yeah. June and August are the dark months in yeah, which. There's, there's, yeah. Those are bad. Like much. Uh, July, 4th of July. 4th of July. Is okay. No, barbecue. Barbecues are okay. Low. I don't like fireworks. 
Uh, September's got Labor Day. Yeah, that's <laughs> Another right. pretty high tier it's one. About the, the, is this interesting for anyone? It's not. We're just naming all October is Halloween, which Halloween, is amazing. High tier. Thanksgiving, mid to high tier. Christmas, high, high tier. tier. Yeah. So there we go. Do you want to talk about this week's song? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this week's song is Unfinished. And if you've never heard it before, here is a quick saying of bubble. I left a tip, but it was never a donation. I took a trip, but it was never a vacation. All right. Evbo, yeah. unfinished. We got another weird ass intro to this song. Yeah, yeah. I was really hoping that like beeping noise didn't go through the entire <laughs> song. And it didn't. It so, didn't. Yeah. So that, that that like it set the bar real low for me, like right off the bat where it's like beep, beep, <laughs> beep. I'm like, no thanks. No thanks. Did you feel like you were hooked up to a heart monitor? Like I just like it's just teeth grating. Sure. This yeah. is the the speed of song. And that sort of set the that sort of set the tone for the song. You know, I like to start off with my my songs with like a solid slap to the face. You yeah. know, something to put me in a really good mood. <laughs> Are you okay? But you like the weird ass intros, also. Yeah, I like the weird ass intros for the most part. Yeah, I don't think that they're. You think this one necessary. bucks the trend of being fun? Yeah, it's okay. Okay, like I didn't really. It was kind of middle of the road. I think that they they were just kind of phoning this intro in. Here's here's. Was there anything in this uh, intro that like that like commended itself to you particularly? No, and I think they are wearing out their welcome with doing goofy like Charleston intro. <laughs> like we are, I, I, I don't find them refreshing or interesting anymore. Uh, you're right. Um, so I hope we don't get a ton more on this album, but if guess this what? Is the we last, will. <laughs> if this is the last, I'm okay with it. If this is where it ends, if this is where it ends, this is where it ends. Um, in fact, I know what I'm getting into with this episode because you did text me and say, fuck unfinished. <laughs> and I was like, I actually like it. So we're coming. Uh, I'm going to, my job as always, is to convince you that this is a good song. And vice versa. I <laughs> shall convince you that this song is not good. Yeah. Um, I, I I really like... I mean, I I like the instrumentation in this song a lot. They are doing some weird fucking stuff. Yeah. Kev's doing some weird, like... At the beginning of each line, there's like a womp. Like a weird <laughs> womp in just the left ear. <laughs> the absolute there's a lot of weird shit on this album and that huh? struck me as the strangest choice i took a seat but i refused to take a number and so def- i think like musically this song is the is is inoffensive to me like if you just took out if you stripped out if you just gave me the music i'd be like oh this is fine yeah i wouldn't but like when you add the lyrics and stuff in which we'll get into later like sure. that's where it starts to like really fall apart for me <laughs> see i i think there's more to this song than you are than you are are digging into okay i can't wait for you to tell me all about it <laughs> we well, get into the lyrics first you want to get into the lyrics first um, no, let's finish up with the music. Cause, okay, because then okay. we're gonna go. We're gonna go to the mats. Um, Tyler's got some big ass bass drum in this yeah. song. Oh fuck, it's good, and it, it's combined with some like thumpity thump, weird like bongos or toms or something mm-hmm. that are just like Tyler's killing it. And he has like these shakers, like yeah. He's I, I watched them do it live because I wanted to see uh-huh. which because he couldn't do all three. Mm-hmm. God, can you imagine how great that would <laughs> like be? A one man band yes. sort of thing. One hand bongo, one hand shaker, foot on the bass drum. Fuck, that would be incredible. You would have to have. The most amazing sense of rhythm. I think a lot of, I think drumming might be the hardest rhythm wise of all instruments. Well, obviously. Okay. Because <laughs> you have to set the rhythm, right? Because you have to like work in poly rhythms and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, your left hand needs to be playing a four, four and your right hand needs to be playing. In yeah. Six, I mean, four. rhythm 
is drums. So obviously, like, drums are rhythm. So obviously, that's the, like, going to be the most rhythmic of yes. all instruments. Okay, you've let me know how dumb and facile that well, thing I mean, you can, you can, like, tune drums to certain, like, tones. Yeah, yeah. So uh, kettle drums, for instance. Steel you can, drums, like, yeah. You can, yeah, you can tune them. To, so there's that component. But I feel like compared to, like, a guitar, which sure. in and of itself has notes, <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. I just remember, like... Uh, being in orchestra and sitting next to the drum section and playing my instrument and looking over at there, the drums like music. And it was just like a line of beats just like on the same. <laughs> so thing. easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't easy. It was just like a line of, there's just like sure. a, a thousand notes, but they're all in the same. Like, sure. yeah. It's like, e, 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 like that sort of stuff. And that's, I think we talked about this before, but one of my drummer friends told me like, cause I could play, I used to love rock band. They used to play mm-hmm. on expert. And he was like, if you can play rock band on expert, you you can you've you're drumming like a, if you play guitar hero on expert you have no idea how to play the guitar yeah. but it's the one instrument that you can actually learn through the video game um you know what i did write i'm looking at my notes again now uh, uh on ray the beginning of the song the weird intro i wrote the single piano note should get annoying and then it convinces me not to and then it ends up fucking <laughs> annoying me halfway but through then they the turn song. It, they turn it into a chord and then that was that was more that was fine yes like, yeah I was getting real nervous though for a second there. Yeah, it it is a little wild. Um, this song I think has Ron Inello all over it. He just so yeah, this felt felt more like an Ed song to me. Like this was Ed through and through. Because yeah, this one felt a lot like A. I think you compared it to yes. in our notes. Yes, yeah. if you want to get in the lyrics, I will definitely compare yeah, or we it to will a. and we will. But it's you're right. I, so you're talking about it musically. It feels like an Ed. Oh, I don't agree with that at all. You think that because I, I feel like when we're talking about an Ed song, we're talking about a song with heavy country or rap roots. This song had neither. This was just a pop jam. Yeah, but I think Ed Ed really leans into the pop jams more, I think, than Steve does. Testing one, two, three. You got a point there. Beyond that, though, I'm not sure. Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe so. But uh, uh, do you know who's credited as the uh, lyric writer on this one? I think it's Steve and Ed. Okay, oh, it's both. Yeah. Sure. Well, you can tell that a lot of minds, I think, went into the lyrics of this it's, one. It's either Steve and Ed or Steve and Ed. I, I got the two songs for this week confused. Written by Steve. Ed, Steve, and Kev. Yeah, that's what I was to say. It's either Ed, Steve. So the next, so Aluminum is Steve and Ed. Okay, then. yeah. Wow, Kev, too. Mm-hmm. This song had three minds working on it, and this is what they came up with. Well, I feel like this is one of those songs, like Shoebox where they had something they wanted to do. Like in Shoebox, it was, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And this one, it's, everything, everything is, is on. Everything, everything is, is on, on Finn. Finn. Everything is on. Everything is on Finn. Yeah, that, I feel like, and then they worked back from that. <laughs> and what you got was nonsense. <laughs> um, there's, uh, but, but a lot of this, nonsense is very very catchy and fun i think that chorus is i wrote the chorus of the song is dumb diegetic bullshit that doesn't make any sense but fuck if it isn't catchy yeah it's fine (laughs) like but i'm comparing this to other bnl songs that i consider catchy and it's not compared to them honestly that the thing that kev does after the the gets stuck in my head all the time i think musically and lyrically i guess musically Uh and sungly this song is very very catchy it's, and i mean this was just sort it's of it's like a mix between a and uh what's the one um falling for the first time uh, uh no it's a mix of a and falling for the first time okay like, in what i'm so x i best i am y <laughs> i'm so z i'm also the opposite of z 
That is exact. And that's an Ed song, too. This so. is a writing exercise. This is the yeah. zip, zap, zop of the American ladies. Oh, God, how sad that is. Um, but did you, I mean, it took me like 70 listens, <laughs> as it always does, to like realize that Ed's singing the verses and Steve is singing the choruses here. Right. Which seems like it would be very obvious, but in this song, I feel like they sound very similar for some reason. It is, he does do, he does affect a different voice than he normally does. Yeah. Which it was, it was odd for me. So I feel like, I know, I felt like this is sort of the shape of things to come in the post page era. Like I'm like, Oh, this is the sort of song I have to look forward to. I, like when, when page leaves the band, I, this, okay. So you've not listened to any PPE. I will tell you that you are 100% wrong. Okay. Post page era is just straight up boring adult contemporary music. Oh. <laughs> this song is such a wild swing. I wish this is what they did after <laughs> Steve left. Uh Oh yeah. This song is just, uh, this is fucking bonkers. That violins thing after the first chorus is so cool. Like, Ron and Ello's touch, 100%. Just like, hey, let's throw in uh, an unrelated instrument for four unbroken seconds as a solo. <laughs> like, sh- sure, Ron. You do what you want, King Ron. Yeah. And then, like, I thought it was interesting they just doubled up Ed's voice. Now, I wondered about that. I thought Steve was doubling and harmonizing with Ed's he vocals. Was, he, there's... It didn't sound like Steve at all. But again, I feel like they sound very similar on this song. I don't they know. They do, but I was that sounded a lot like Steve. Like I, I just thought it felt. I mean, not Ed, I mean, it sounded like Ed. Like I feel like they were just doubling and tripling up on his vocals, which made it sound weird. And it wasn't harmony. He wasn't harmonizing. They were just singing the same notes. Yeah. I admit the fact I was distracted and outsmarted. I, uh, I feel like we've had this before. Call and answer does the same thing with Steve, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Steve yeah. doubling Steve and for I'm not no saying, reason. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just yeah. thought it was an interesting choice. And it is an interesting choice because why would you do that aside from for the sake of volume? Like, because if you're singing the same part in the same way, there's going to be nothing added. There's no texture. No, but it gives it gives a, a sense of depth to the voice. And it also it also uh, flattens out any, like, um, mm. pitching. Yeah, okay. So, that that's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of times people will double up voices just, you know, to do it. Yeah. And I think... You can do it in such a way that it doesn't even, it's not even noticeable, but they made it noticeable yeah. on this. So there's a re- there has to be a reason why they did that. And I'm curious as to the reason. Yeah, yeah. I wonder too. I mean, I, I wonder about a lot of the creative choices on this album and we'll never, God, we should, I should reach out to Ron Anello. I should see if he can come on. Wouldn't that be fucking, I want to know everything about this man. Yeah. Do you good, think good he's luck. like Dr. Demento's brother? I feel like he's got to be just a wild, I feel like, like, eccentric. I feel like, no, I feel like Donnie Anionello is more sort of a studio musician compared to like Don Wass for like the last album. Yeah. Like I feel like Don Wass is like the guy who like comes in with like the big hair yes. and like the uh, the glasses that have like okay. the spirals okay. on them. <laughs> and I feel like Ron Anionello is like, I don't know. He just, he just seems more sort of, uh, not down the plate, I don't want to say, but he's got like his toolbox. And they both had their toolbox, right? Yeah, reverse I guitars. Like, <laughs> I feel like Eniello has his toolbox, like the intros, he's got the like the musical stings and whatnot. But I don't know, he just feels more studio to me. That's interesting. I felt like Don Watts. I feel like this this album is more produced than I, oh, the pre- I than disagree. Well, it feels produced, but in a very looser way. Mm. Like I feel like it's overproduced to make it sound unproduced. <laughs> like, I don't know what that's, yeah. but I feel like Waz is a more, uh, I think, um, uh, celebrated mm-hmm. producer, right? He, he did bigger mm-hmm. albums. He seems, Waz seems more jazzy to me. Yeah. And, uh, and Ella seems more straight laced, but again, these are just based on the, you, only, the, the paragraph of Wikipedia that I read. on. Do both you of them. think that they were exclusively hiring producers whose names ended in on? 
They had Don. They had Ron. The next album is produced by Lon Chaney mm. Jr., the Wolfman. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, geez, I wonder if anybody's ever pointed that out before. Um, this, uh, this song is... I wrote it does feel too clever by half sometimes, right? It feels unfinished. It feels like this is an exercise. I think that just, I, I don't know. I think it feels like the A and falling for the first time and then the rap break of, you know, one There's week. no rap break. I know it feels like the oh, rap okay. break of one week where they're just it was a little bit more focused than yeah, that. Yeah. In like, fact, I think the, the, the part that stands out in this song, the bridge, uh, is very, like, might be, again, uh, the best parts of the song. If not, you know, it's one of the best, if not the best parts of the song. I feel like that one is the that's the uh spanning all the ages, all the like it's very jazzy, like mm-hmm. I don't know, I liked it a lot. Do up, do up. But yeah. I do feel like there was no satisfactory thesis or conclusion to this song. I felt like it started nowhere. It went nowhere. The final chorus takes up a sixth of the song where they just (laughs) repeat unfinished over and over again. Like weird. But again, this one got, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was cool. Yeah. It had a, it had like a feeling of somebody like a band, like a college band trying to imitate. They might be giants, but not coming, (laughs) but not able to come like close enough because if this is a TMBG song, like, it would be this, but it would also be funny, and there would also be a through line. Yeah. Like, it would be a joke. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, Dr. Worm makes no fucking sense, yeah. right? But there's a narrative arc, and yeah. I, like, yeah. I, I understand the character a little bit by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this car- this narrator, well, I think unless you dig real deep, which I, I, I feel like there's something here. Yeah, we'll um, get there. We'll get there. We'll Are get we getting there. there now? Are we doing the lyrics? Uh, no, we, I got a little more. Okay, come at me. Okay, Kevin's piano run on, I'd say, an ounce of prevention. We're at do 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 I'd say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of attention span. Like, so Kevin is a star of this song. Tyler is a star yeah. in this song. Like, and then I assume the strings are by Jim. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's just a sample or some studio mm-hmm. musician. But like, they sound great. Like, yeah. I mean, fronting Kevin is never a mistake. No, I've I've noticed that. Yeah, he's so fucking good. I should really get into Thin Buckle. I bet you <laughs> would really enjoy them. Well, he doesn't do keyboard as much on Thin Buckle. He's usually like singing and guitar. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. I don't like his singing as much. I know you love it, but um, mm, right after I'm they a magician. <laughs> right after they say the word matrimony, we get the audio version of someone about to have a huge diarrhea. <laughs> but it was not in matrimony. I told my side the sound someone's stomach makes. Nobody likes matrimony. Drop a fucking load. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's so true. Fucking ball and chain. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> pa- patrimony. Battle axe. Yeah, how come nobody calls it patrimony? I need some male representation. <laughs> oh, Jeebus. <laughs> um, yeah, this, uh, the at the end, I felt like the uh, Kev doing the la 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 la's was very like Partridge Family, yeah. Brady Bunch, sort of like something. There. This song has a weird not narrative arc but kind of like story to it because i feel like the 
climax of this song is after the second verse. Mm -hmm. And then there's a third verse that feels like denouement. <laughs> like, it feels like it's a story where there's an a, like an epilogue <laughs> for some reason. Because we come to this big explosive, like, span in all the ages, history. And it's like, boom, there's the chorus. And then we have a third, like, da-da-da-da-da, unfinished. <laughs> it's like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? Very strange ending to this song. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. You want to talk about the lyrics? Yeah, let's Go ahead and it. give let's... me something. Talk about the lyrics. What was your interpretation? They were dumb. <laughs> okay. Um, like, it's it's like that one wheel segment we have where we turn everything into a riddle. Yeah. That was just the whole song. <laughs> yeah. So I think we could, like, go through the song and just do that for more fun than actually reading into the lyrics. Sure, sure. And I've got, I've got a, a, a really slight read on them, but, like... I mean, the only thing I could think of was, like, is it talking about someone with, like, ADHD where, like, they can't really focus on any particular, like, thing? And, or just somebody who starts, who compulsively starts and finishes projects. But at the same time, like, this is all over the place. Right. right? Well, he, and so, you're right. This guy has some problem where he can't, maybe it's ADHD or something, but mm -hmm. he, he, but he seems to understand it. He's not like narrators in the other song where he's bad and doesn't understand he's bad because like he's, you know, and, and, and so defeated, I proceeded like <laughs> he knows that he fucked up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, like, so yeah, what's his, he can't, he just can't fucking do anything. Right. Well, I think, yeah, he just can't focus on a project for long enough to see it through to completion, I think, is the is the through line. Yeah. But then they tack on a bunch of stuff that makes literally no sense. So... And figuratively no sense. And hyperbolically no sense. Here's my narrative arc that I dug for. Okay. And eventually come, found. Come get some. Okay. Did so, you find us on songmeetings.com? I, I did. I made it up myself. Oh, <laughs> good job. The first verse is meaningless. Truly meaningless. I left a tip, but it was never a donation. Yeah. The second verse... We were describing a relationship that immediately falls apart. I took her hand, but it was not in matrimony. Like, I couldn't commit to this relationship. Mm -hmm. I told my side, and then he fucks up. He does something wrong. I told my side, but I, 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 I wasn't testimony. I'm just telling you what I did, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I did. I was guilty. I'm just telling you what happened. I told my side, but it was never testimony. And then I turned and ran mm -hmm. after ignoring my Miranda. So the wife is like, Listen, what you're telling me right uh, now is not the wife because it's not matrimony. Oh, sure, you're right. I'm sorry. His girlfriend is like, you cheated on me. Uh -huh. you're, what you're saying is that you did this, and so he just fucking flees. And then verse three, so we, we get the bridge spanning all the ages, turning all the pages. So time passes here, right? And then verse the the next verse is like, I played along, but it was not for record. Like, so he's trapped in this. She somehow convinces him, like, mm -hmm. well, you got to be faithful to me, right? So he played along, but it wasn't fun. It wasn't for recreation. I played along, but it was not for recreation. And then he just fucking leaves. I left my home, but I, I wasn't evacuated. I wasn't leaving. Like, And then he turns around and does the opposite? I made a pact that I would finish what I started, but I started, but... I admit that I was distracted. So he, I think this, I made a pact that I would finish what I started is like, well, I, I said I was going to tell death do us part, right? Okay, so he's married now. Well, I, I think when it says I took her hand, but it was not matrimony, he's like, he got married, but he was like pressured into it or something. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. Like, and then at the end, he's like, I made a pact, but I fucked up. I'll admit, I was distracted and outsmarted. I left my home, but it was not evacuation. I made a what I started I admit 
Like, he left his marriage unfinished. I think he just literally leaves his partner in this song. That's my dig. I dug hard. I feel like each of those lines, you have to extrapolate to, like, Mm -hmm. here's a year's worth of their life. I think I've got a more germane read. Oh, do you? Yes, I think. So my read sucks now. Fuck you. It didn't suck. I just said more germane. (laughs) Okay. I feel like my my read jives a little bit better than yours. What's your read? Tell me. Uh, He's a serial killer. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay so please i left a tip but it was never a donation so he is taunting the police he's calling and saying ah you know you can find the body at the corner of sweet jane and saint Clair." <laughs> <laughs> i took a trip but it was never a vocation so he's going to so they're they're close and they're, they're tracking him down but he left to go to a new city to till the till the um like the heat died down the heat died down um let's see i took a seat so but i refused to take a number so he's tracked down and so defeated, I proceeded unencumbered. So they caught him. Um, and then, where is it? Well, you I, just explained the first verse. And then from the second verse, we take it up with me. So he's a serial killer. He's a serial killer. married. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Well, he turned and ran after ignoring his Miranda. I hid, so she shot me out. Wait, me whoa, whoa. Out under the you brand. just ignored two oh. very important lines. I took her hand, but it was not in matrimony. I, oh. oh. Well, I took her hand as swearing on the Bible for a female for a female just sure so he's swearing on the bible but it's you know that sort of thing uh i told my side but it was never testimony so he's telling his he's being interrogated mm-hmm. so he's telling his side of the story mm-hmm. but again it's not admissible in court because sure. he's a crazy serial killer and the miranda uh, yeah simple. then he escapes yeah and uh they find him so then uh turning all the ages or spending all the ages turning all the pages history of is, me is incomplete it's like a seven situation where he's got this like grand plan and god <laughs> is like talking to him oh and he and, only got three sins in. Yeah, he got, oh, so he's, he's like that. So he's playing okay. along, and he's like playing along with the cops, but it's not for recreation because he's trying to figure out a way to do this. Sure. Uh, they tracked him down to his home, and he has to run because it's like that scene in Seven where like Brad Pitt like almost catches him. Uh-huh. And uh, I made a pact I would finish what I started, so I'm, I'm going to finish, I have. I will, I will kill again. <laughs> However. And he admits the fact <laughs> he was distracted and outsmarted, so he's got to like re rejigger okay. his plan. Oh, Jesus. I like that a lot. So, yeah, I think he's a serial killer. How do you work in, I'd say, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of attention span? If he would have um, been a little they, more if they careful. Just, if they just stopped him before he started, <laughs> then they wouldn't have to use all their attention to, like, put all the clues together. I gave you all the clues, Mr. Police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is the... Uh, if I just hadn't flunked out of art school. <laughs> the story of the snowman. Okay, got you. Wow. His final work is unfinished. Wow, his big... Yeah, okay, I like that a lot. And I don't think that our reads are mutually exclusive. Yeah, I mean, he could be... <laughs> Also, he could be the world's married serial killer. The world's marriedest world's serial killer. killer. <laughs> I am so fucking married. Yeah, like everything in this song, if you unless you dig real deep, everything mm-hmm. in this song begs question, who the fuck said that? Right? Like, I left a tip, but it was never Okay, who the fuck said it was a donation? <laughs> who are you talking to? Like, yeah, I mean we could do that. Like, so I left a tip, but it was never a donation. What is it? <laughs> oh, a riddle. Yeah, I, know. Yeah, I knew you would like this. <laughs> oh, I'm so, okay, so so if you left a tip, but it wasn't a donation, uh-huh. it was well. I'm, see, do I? It was a reward for good service. <laughs> it's yeah. not a donation. We're literally just telling him what things are. I took a trip, but it was never a vacation. Yeah, you went on business. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I took a receipt, but I refused to take a number. Yeah, you just just sitting down. You sat down. Yeah, yeah, like you're not at a grocery store yeah. or a doctor's office. I uh, took her hand, but it was not in matrimony. All right. So, so you, it's like holding hands on the first date. Sure. Or you chopped off a woman's hand because you're a serial killer. That's what it was. <laughs> there, That's there what it was. Okay. Okay, that was my explanation. I forgot. I got you. I, I wrote down. You. Yeah, he cut off her. He cut off a woman's hand. Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. I told my side, but it was never testimony. You're just talking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is we can do this whole song like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I I felt like the uh, the ounce of prevention line was so meaningless. Like it's just hey, watch out. It's worth it to watch out. I'd say an ounce of prevention is worth a 
thought that line was meaningless amidst yeah. all this meaningless stuff. Well, all that was the, the most meaningless all to you? the rest I felt was like a secret to be uncovered. That line is just like, be careful. It's good for you. <laughs> it's just like, there's nothing. There's no two parts to that line. It's just like, I felt like the rest of the song was drawing me in with its mystery. I don't know. I was really disappointed. Like, I feel like the song was only wordplay. And I feel like there was no mystery to uncover. Well, here's... I think that we might be running on a theme here. I think that it has a theme. Uh, well, but, but it a bigger ha- theme. Okay. Because he's saying, I, I think what he's saying is like prevention in this case might be like, if you never finish, you don't have to feel ashamed of the final product maybe. Right. And so in that regard, mm. I thought this might be the same narrator as upside down. <laughs> this might be the same narrator as never do anything. This is another one on our lay down and die mix yes. <laughs> on the, the Bernigan ladies give up mix yes. because truly he's just like, you know, I, cause I, he doesn't feel to me. He doesn't feel sad that everything is unfinished. Mm-hmm. He's almost celebrating that everything is. I don't unfinished. think he's celebrating. He might. I think he's sort of neutral towards it's it. Such a joyful song. Yes. And I know that we can have sad lyrics and joyful music. We've done it right. before mm-hmm. in battle naked oeuvre. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. This song is, is very, very strange. I like your read a lot. Um, I think it's very good. I do. I love the, the most wild part of this song to me is that they do a key change in the final chorus with like 10 seconds left in the song. <laughs> <laughs> This song just takes such big swings to me. And regardless of if I mm-hmm. truly, truly loved it, I really appreciate when they do unconventional yeah. shit like I mean, that's this. A, that's the beauty of the album format, again. Yes, uh, absolutely. Like we've always said. Yes. And I don't know. I I was just expecting more because I've enjoyed this album so much so yeah. far. Like, yeah. I think apart from Celebrity, everything has been kind of a hit for me. And, wow. then, and then to hear this. You didn't and, like War on Drugs last week. Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, but like, yeah, we're on drugs, and then this, I'm like, eh, okay, we're in the, like, we're definitely in the doldrums. Yeah, yeah, like, I think so. Um, but I don't think the Brandon ladies think of this as a doldrum. I think they might be pretty proud of the song. There's a couple other versions of it. Oh, great. Um, did you watch the bathroom session? I didn't watch any sessions of the song. <laughs> I was tired of listening to it. <laughs> bathroom session solo Ed. It's very boppy. He does Steve's part, which gets really high up there. Mm-hmm. He's like singing very high. Um, at the end, it stops very abruptly. That's the joke. I get it. Um, and then the live version. The drums are fucking great. He does bongos. There's shakers. Uh, the bass. It sounds wonderful. There's a weird, fun, jazzy piano intro from Kev. Uh-huh. Uh, the violin stings. Instead of being the thing, they do the psycho, like the re, 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 <laughs> which I thought was no, really so fun. Oh, so serial killer. He yeah. is a serial killer. Oh, shit. Okay. Yes, exactly. Uh, Ed forgets the lyrics uh, on the version I listen to. It tries to very quickly uh, uh, catch up. Uh, it's worth a listen. Ed holds a note near the end for like 30 seconds. It's fucking great. Um, this song, they seem to be having a blast doing it live. Uh, it seemed like they were enjoying themselves. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I have the same problem with this I had with A. Like, you can just replace it with anything. Yeah, I don't know. Any other, anything else to say about this song? No. I have something else to say. I think this song is like an anime. What? How did you know? Because every song from this album is like an anime. You know that every song from Everything to Everyone is about a 90s anime. Yes, I yeah. did. How did I forget that, though? <laughs> I don't know. What, which one is this one about, Ev? This is about Battle Angel Alita. Well, tell me about that one. Or Galley, if you want to go by the yes. OVA. <laughs> 
Alita is a amnesiac female cyborg found in a trash pile. <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> so the premise is there's a giant floating city that floats above the planet and dumps their trash on us. So it's a thinly veiled metaphor about you know <laughs> Very how, thin. how capitalism, how we eat capitalism garbage, and it's that's a that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so especially very poignant nowadays. Yeah. You know, as we literally based in the filth sure. of the rich. Sure. Uh, so she is found in the garbage dump by Daisuke Ido, who rebuilds her and then she proceeds to become a bounty hunter and a cyborg motocross player yeah. or motoball. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> so she hunts down cyborg criminals, befriends some people who are friends some young lad and lass whose goal is to go up to the city and be cool. Um, guess what? It's hard to change your class. <laughs> so uh, they try to go to the city and literally get like their feet cut off and smashed up. And yeah. then luckily everyone's a cyborg. So getting your feet cut off. Yeah. doesn't Well, I mean, I think much. they actually do die, right? At the uh, end, like Yudo and, and uh, Chiden. Nah, I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, probably. So like, yeah, they they get chopped up, and then like the end of the OVA is where like uh, Alita and her buddy Daisuke are like have like uh, what are those things like keepsakes from them, and they like push them into the sky, yeah. so they like float towards the city. Yeah. So here you go. In death, you can yeah. be rich. And it had a, a great. Uh, I, I actually really liked the lot. Did you see the t- 2019 I movie? I had no connection to Battle Angel uh, Alita, and I didn't really. James, I heard the movie was good. Yeah, the James Cameron one is really fun. So I felt. So how was this like? <laughs> I felt it worked on two levels, okay. right? Um, so obviously, uh, you know, we we have G- Galley, this woman Alita, who is originally a head without a body mm-hmm. who who grew on someone else that's her mars too. her origin story <laughs> yeah is that she was like a head there was this like horrible disease that you can get where heads would grow out of you and they had their own sentience and the disease will kill you but this was the first project where they cut off one of the heads and tried to attach it to a body and that mm-hmm. became her so she was she originally started unfinished right that's her whole thing then mm-hmm. after an ex- a failed execution attempt she was left just a head and a torso unfinished right or and just then, un what's that or, or just un or just un yeah <laughs> and then she was eventually given parts piecemeal but she was a whole body but with amnesia mm-hmm. she's very unfinished, unfinished in that way right but even even defeated even after an execution attempt uh-huh. she proceeded unencumbered uh i also feel that this was unfinished because the original OVA, the one that Stephen Page surely watched, was two 30-minute episodes leaving Mm -hmm. the story unfinished until the manga hit the U.S. many years later. So Stephen could not, literally couldn't finish finish the the story of Battle Angel Alita because we never got it. Um, There were several reasons for that. The anime wasn't super popular in Japan. And then Cameron, James Cameron bought the rights in 98, meaning they couldn't make any more anime. So that's the reason there's only to James Cameron was like, I'm going to make a movie of this someday, 21 years later. But it meant they couldn't make any more anime. Yeah, it sucks. Um, But that's, I think Alita is, is this song on a meta level and as the character herself. I agree wholeheartedly. Good, 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 it's the only good. thing we've agreed on this entire podcast. <laughs> Thank God we are almost done with this album. I am running out of anime <laughs> to pick from. What? Absolutely. Um, Ev, let's get around to rating this song. Ev, as you know, we rate this song on a scale from bare naked to fully clothed. The mm-hmm. fewer clothes this song is wearing, the better it is. The more clothes, the worser. As usual, we start with you. We'll give our guests some time to think. <laughs> I'm our biggest today. Uh, what do you think about this song? All right, it's uh, I'm going to work. Okay, I go okay. To work every dim damn day. I got to do drop off. I got to drop my kid off at at uh, 
play school. So I'm putting my, I get my button down, button it up, put my tie on. Uh, put my, it's it's winter, so I'm putting my sweater on, put my pants on, shoes, socks, go Jesus. and you wear a lot of clothes. Yeah, I'm it's I'm a Midwesterner, right? We got a layer, right? <laughs> that's true. And that's my mistake. Oh, because I put my little vest on and I go outside and it's really fucking cold. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, shit! I forgot. I need to put a sweater on and like I need to put like uh, a t-shirt on. I just put I just put like a button-down shirt over my bare skin, okay. which is always a mistake. Sure, you never want to do that because you'll correct. sweat right through that. At the very least, you need a. Uh t-shirt no shirt what's less than a t-shirt they used to call them by a very and that's the only name i know them by tank top jesus christ what's wrong with me but i mean you could you can use that but again you're gonna sweat sweat, because i i got i'm a wet guy okay i'll sweat through i'll sweat through the pits like nobody's business so i gotta have some i gotta have a layer of wicking fabric in between there but i forgot it but i'm running late it's too fucking late sure so i gotta get my kid in the car go to school go to work and i show up at work without an undershirt sweating through everything it's terrible it's hot the building sometimes they leave the heat on in the building. Is this like, real? Yeah, yeah. Because oh. like, it's a, um, it's like some like weird steampunk steam stack sort that, of thing. Actually, and they like so it'll be like a cold day or it, like the heat is just not in in uh, balance with the actual outside temperature. So it's sure. it's incredibly hot. So I loosen my tie, unbutton one button, and like just like waves of heat and sweat are coming off of me. And that's this song. I just don't give a fuck about this song. Wow. It's, I'm I'm a little bit unbuttoned. It's not a good song. Okay. I didn't like it. Uh, it's nonsense. Like sure. I forgot some parts of my clothes are missing, but you can't see <laughs> that. Like I'm naked under my shirt. Yeah. Like it's just not a good song. Okay. Oh, and I took my shoes off because I'm at work. Like so, I don't like to wear shoes. So I took okay. so, I, so I don't have shoes on. So socks, pants. So I'm wearing everything shirt. except for shoes and okay. an undershirt. And you unbutton just a little bit. Yeah, because it's hot. Okay, got you. I'm sweaty. God, my work is always so fucking cold. I wish that I worked. Oh. Give me a job. I have a great job. I do not want to. You got job. one. <laughs> Thank you. Come come by the office on Monday. <laughs> have those papers for me on Monday. <laughs> File them away, please. It is the day of my wedding. <laughs> and I, I was there. I have you were there. You danced like a motherfucker. Um I have I danced made, like everyone was watching. <laughs> I have made an arrangement with uh I wanna be fucking fancy for my wedding. Mm-hmm. So I made an arrangement with the world's most premier clothier uh, around and i said i i need you to make me a tux that's gonna fucking knock everybody's socks off this has to be and robespierre robespierre and, <laughs> and uh they said that's fine i'm i'm very expensive i'm very high fashion is that okay i said i want the best that's why i fucking came to you do you understand me i grabbed him by his scruff of his shirt and he said all right all right all right fine um and then it's it's my wedding day. Your fingers came back covered in glitter. That's correct. Yes. I, they sunk into his body and they came back covered in glitter. Um, it's the day of my wedding and he comes to the says, venue. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> he comes to the uh, Geneva Convention uh, con- Convention Center. Yes. Uh, and I, he says, now I have a fairly unconventional way of doing things. You need to be blindfolded and then I dress you. <laughs> and I say, <laughs> all right, sounds good. So he puts the blindfold on me. He takes all my clothes off. Uh, my underwear is still on. And then he starts dressing me. And I say, oh, these are silken. These feel wonderful. This is fantastic. And then I, I, he says, all right, we're done. He puts me in front of a mirror. And he takes my blindfold off. And I see that it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. But it goes out to my just under my nipples, mm-hmm. just b- above my uh, my elbow, just above my knees, and then it's just like thread, just dangling. <laughs> and I say, "That's some CVS fashion, <laughs> buddy. 
this is unfinished. And he says, yes, it is. He says, that's the fashion nowadays. And I gladly pay him my money because I enjoyed this song. And I think that, yeah, this is a, this is a midriff bearing arm bearing shorts, weather sort of song, uh, in the finest silks. Um, so yeah, I had, I have another rating. I think oh, you do? I, I thought of what you were doing. Cause normally I don't have a chance to think of these, sure, but sure, sure. I think that like in game role playing games, mm dice-based role-playing mm. tabletop role-playing games there is like a critical fail mechanic usually sure where like you roll a one on a d20 or so there's a five percent chance you're going to critically fail at any act so this is basically i mean dressing yourself in the morning you roll a one you critically fail to dress yourself <laughs> and you like walk outside and you're you've just forgotten or sure. unfinished so that's basically the background pants on your arms yeah uh, okay while you were watermelon about feet that- I had another read. Okay. So let me give you... Actually, I don't. But wouldn't that suck if everything you did, there was a 5% chance that you fucked it up in North... Like, mm-hmm. that's a big chance yeah. for anything. But I think the world would be based around that then. Like, if we just... Yeah. If everyone understood that, like, 5% of the time, we are just going to majorly fuck up <laughs> anything, even stuff it. we do normally. Yeah. Like, there would be some sort of, like... I think we'd have more layers of bureaucracy and everything. Like, <laughs> Probably. Because you'd have to, like... Yeah, the you, world would you, be a better place. Once you did something, someone would have to check it yeah. to make sure if it wasn't, like, your critical <laughs> yeah. fail. And because then someone would have to check them. Because I think, like, with three layers of remove, like, 5%, 5%, 5%, sure. you're at, the you're at like, approaching, like, a margin. Sure, yeah. Five percent of five percent of five percent yeah absolutely <laughs> but yeah we'd have a lot more checks and balances in the world the world would be a better place the D world is great um, and i don't think you almost couldn't have like autocrats like somebody who's like completely in charge because sure. everyone would know that they're screwing up five percent sure. of the time <laughs> which is really sad yeah Ah, oh, and you would know that you, were, but you wouldn't judge them because you know that you screw up five percent of the time. I don't feel like we would be that charitable, though. Really? Oh yeah, if you have a leader, yeah, there would have to be a council, the council yeah. of twelve. <laughs> I've the council of twenty, probably. Yeah, One and then the, then there would just up. be like periodic like genocide and annihilation where like all 12 people on the council like all rolled ones yeah (laughs) and i mean i don't know i think that would be minuscule sure absolutely but but you also it could happen make world you also live in a world where five percent of the time you fucking kill it (laughs) even if you've never done it before you're just incredible it's the best thing you've ever done yeah so take a chance yeah take a chance on me i could blow your mind i mean i think it's it's you have to be able to actually attempt it though so you can't like roll a d20 to like I want to fly up into space. Like, <laughs> right. I think you have to actually be able to do sure. something. Sure. But like, you can be like, I've never cooked before. I, I, I've just prepared yeah. the most gourmet meal <laughs> yeah. anyone has ever prepared. Using only dry spaghetti. <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. We'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Barenaked Ladies podcast. Hey, Evan. Hi, Saker. What are you doing? I'm getting a trophy. A four. Forks. You looked behind me at my trophies. You're hey, good. That, you found out my game. <laughs> Luckily, the back wall of your ha- your uh, this this dungeon is full of all sorts of things. <laughs> I'm changing a diaper, of course. Uh, I'm but just. What should you get a trophy for? I think that if I got a trophy, I would get a trophy for. OhioCon 2004 Mario Kart Double Dash Champion. Oh, Please wow. explain to me why I've kept this trophy for 15 years. I don't know. It's very important to me that I was the Mario Kart Double Dash Champion. It's really easy. Like, trophies aren't expensive. No. Oh, yeah. This probably costs five, ten bucks. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're buying them in bulk. But I think that, like, I need to award more trophies to people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Just, like, you know. Next time I sell a story or something, I'll just turn it into trophies yes. and like have them inscribed <laughs> and just give them to people. Our friend, uh, the crypto naturalist, Jared himself, Anderson, Jared yes. Anderson, uh, 
made a very elaborate trophy and sent it to uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern, best uh, like butthole based fantasy podcast or something. But yeah. they talked about it a lot on the uh, on the cast itself. It was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, getting a trophy is a big deal, right? Yeah, it feels good. Yeah, um, it doesn't. Like, I feel like it does when you've actually done something to earn it. Like, you got like a participation trophy or something. Because I remember, I mean, I was in the generation where we got trophies for everything. Right. Right. So. Like getting a trophy for a successful soccer season is not really the same as like getting a trophy for like something you worked for. See, I was just about to ask you that because I don't buy into the whole like you get a trophy for everything because like I got a trophy for every successful soccer season as well. But those are the only trophies. Every other trophy I got, I earned the bringing up grades award. I earned (laughs) on our like I don't feel like they were just giving me shit. Sure, sure. Like besides for sports, do you feel like? It was something that that really like, they were just tossing like, out trophies. No, I think like participation trophies were a th- were definitely a thing. Really? Okay. Yeah, in my in my youth, and I think that those were those were unnecessary. But like getting, I don't know, when I was in swimming, you know, I'd get a medal or something for you know placing in the relay or something like that, and that was fine because sure. I worked hard for it. I just feel like that. I mean, some- I don't still don't care about it. Yeah, like- <laughs> that's something that boomers and the tail end of of Gen X are you know they always like you know well you millennials get a trophy for everything and i really? who gave us the trophies yeah okay <laughs> it was it was you it that's was true. you that's true i've never considered that they, they you played yourself so like, yeah they're they're indicting their own own society they yeah. made which like, is what which is what boomers do with every fucking word that comes out of their mouth yeah. but you know what we're going to do that too eventually yeah that's true i'm just excited to see what like horrifying generation is like gen x's enemy because millennials are boomers' enemies. Yes. Like, what is going to get, like, these flannel-wearing, like, slackers out of their fucking, uh, like, you know, crash pads? It's going to be the Zoomers. I mean... The Zoomers. Yeah. Like, a generation so, like, intrusive that they have to, like, get involved. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Gen X is going to be chilling at their house, and Zoomers are going to bust down the door to take them to a karaoke box party. <laughs> Very intrusive. So, what do you think? What do you think millennials' enemies will be? Actually, like, like think about a, a generation that would be a millennial enemy. Millennium. Millennium. Well, that's what, what, what we're once all the boomers are dead. Well, oh yeah, boomers and millennials are enemies. Gen X and Zoomers are enemies. Right. And then millennials then are going to be hated by. Uh, going to have a future enemy. Like yeah. what? What are millennials going to take oh, the piss out? Oh, I see. Of? I see. I see. Uh, Jesus, what are you even going to call? Once all the boomers are gone. Generation after Gen Z. Generation AA. Are you going to loop back? <laughs> Why did we start at X? That was a dumb decision. The smell generation. <laughs> the generation smell, I believe. Is Everything's going to be, uh, all dollars will be delivered through the nose. We've, we truly have done every conceit on this podcast because we've, we've done a knowledge is passed through smells. Oh, okay. <laughs> what about, uh, uh, like, uh, the dental generation where you can get, like, teeth implants that, uh, like, you get, you just get a little it's microchip. Matrix, you except. get microchips in your teeth. Sure. You can unplug each of your teeth and plug in different chips. To yes, yes. All your teeth are replaced <laughs> with USB ports. Yes. Or whatever, micro USBs. So, yeah. The dental generation is, I think, a great name yeah. for that. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Okay. So, and we hate that. So, <laughs> millennials can't Like, we're into body it. modification, but that's just a bridge too far for us. Wait, 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 wait. Was the Gen X opponents... Were the Gen X opponents the, um, the greatest generation? Did it skip... That? Yeah, because the greatest generation called them all slackers and shit, right? Like, they were the ones who, like, upheld yeah. the... And, uh, and it turned out that, like, Gen X, uh, they're not slackers. They're just really tired from raising all their fucking kids. Like, they have lives and shit. Like, yeah. they're all in their, like, 40s and 50s now. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, interesting. It really does skip a generation. You know who else hates boomers? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Joe and Rain. 
Joe and Rain are non-binary, and once a month they sit down to talk about what that means. Well, We're, I'm sure they hate boomers then. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely sure. I looked over at how appropriate it was. Uh, yeah, they, they, they talk about non-binary representation, they, uh, the haircuts, formal attire, chosen names. Uh, let me look at all their titles of their episodes. Look at all these cool uh, uh, gender formative and gender sexuality experiences. Presentation, experimentation with fashion. Wowzerino. You want to talk about non-binary, non-binary representation. Here it is. Here it is. The one, the only. This is where it ends. Monthly non-binary discussion. Uh, a monthly podcast. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> God, that would take us 10 years to get through all VNL really songs. It would. Uh, they've, been, they've been going for, see, they have 10 episodes, which is fucking almost a year's worth of yeah. podcasts. A year's worth of podcasts for us is 52. That's too many. <laughs> Nobody can listen to 52 episodes. People can listen to 10. I agree. Let's change our podcast format to album by album and monthly. So we just do a whole album? Yeah. Our podcast is 10 hours long. Oh, and it's once a month. <laughs> I don't think that would save us any work, buddy. Well, sure it will. There's 17 songs. If it's a 10-hour episode, we're doing a great job there. And we only have to beat you. only have to look at me once a month. What kind of guest are we going to get on for a 10 hours? Here's the best part. No guests. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Suddenly I was turned around yeah, on this idea. Yeah. Well, anyway, you can check out They Them Theirs once a month on the Orange Groves Podcast Network. Bye. Bye. And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Potty Ladies cast. Bare Naked Potty cast. Now's the time. For ladies. Now's the time. We should call it the ladies room. Oh, wait. That's what their fan club was called. Fuck. I thought I had a great idea, but I stole it 100%. We're going to spin this big wheel. Uh, You added a couple categories. We'll see if we get one of those. I do like to make up things I don't like to do. Uh Uh-oh. This one is called I Have Learned. What lessons could be taken? From Nothing. This song? No, we can dig into it, Ebbo. Um, that when someone tips you, mm-hmm. don't think of it it's as a donation. It's as, a good yeah. it's you've done a good job. This song well, is about believing in yourself. <laughs> tipping is a fundamentally broken mechanic anyway. One hundred percent, yes. Yeah. I went And racist. Uh I've never heard that argument. Uh oh, because it, minority servers routinely receive oh. lower tips than white servers. I did not know that. Uh, and men re- receive lower tips than women. It's like one of the few things where... Men receive lower tips than women. In general. Yeah, uh, they've done... A because we perceive waitress or wait and staff if you're, to be a... And if you're of a like ethnic minority, like you're wearing a headscarf or something, you're going to receive lower tips too. Well, yeah, yeah that doesn't surprise me, but so, I, I've never So yeah, it's, it a, it's a fucked up, but it's a system we live in, I guess. So yeah. I, always, I start at 20% as best I can. never fucking know when to tip. Obviously at a restaurant you tip. Yeah. But then you get into like... But you don't tip at McDonald's. Right. And then you get into service stuff, mm-hmm. which is like... Well, I went... We, we did a private karaoke box room. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I had to tip because... But how much do you they tip? They clean. Yeah. yeah. Is it 20... It's not like food service. She wasn't there the whole time like serving us. Right. She, she checked us into the room and that's like mm-hmm. hotel rooms. What the fuck? How much do you tip in a hotel uh, room? You t- usually tip... Uh, it's like... But t- Depending on the hotel, I've, and I've looked this up because really, I, yeah, because I just recently went on a trip where I stay in hotels. Depending on the type of hotel you're in, like if it's like a micro hotel, it's usually five dollars a night. If it's like a high class hotel, it's usually ten to twenty dollars a night. Wow, that's so, so that's an expensive because uh, I mean, and it's the thing is the thing is like tipping face to face, like it's it's more common in the restaurant industry because you like if you don't tip your server, you've seen them, you've talked to them, sure, they will know. You have no connection Whereas with if your you don't tip, staff. like the 
in i mean i feel like someone who cleans your room is doing more work than like someone who brings you your food yeah but they're invisible right you don't ever see them so we don't feel like we need to tip them yeah like i I just listened to a whole like podcast about this really uber was like when uber was putting in tips and stuff like that they want like ideally what you want for tips is you want like 10 to 15 percent of people to tip for good service like that's what you want 10 to 15 percent that's because you that's when you're looking for service tips that's what you want okay like Ideally, you want to pay your workers enough that they can like sure. live off of tips, yes. uh, live not live have off to live of off their tips. Wage. And if you want to include tipping for really good service, you want about ten to fifteen people percent of people to tip, because that's just like rewarding that seems good service. So low, but yeah, I okay. mean, but you don't want everyone to tip because then it becomes a social like you have sure. to tip. Like, okay. You don't want to, so you don't want to get to that point. And ten to fifteen percent is the tipping point, literally. Uh. <laughs> and so if it's like twenty percent, thirty percent, then it becomes like ne- necessary, and you become you're, you're a shittier person. Sure. So. Wow. But yeah, I just wish tipping wasn't a thing and people got paid a living wage, like servers got paid a living wage. But here's another fun thing. When the restaurant chains implement tipping, they have huge turnover in legacy staff. Really? Because the way that you make money as a server is uh, seniority. So you, you sure. are there long enough that you get the high tipping shifts like right. fridays saturdays and stuff like that but when they do out with tips like every shift is ostensibly the sure, same sure so your seniority means nothing oh yeah that so, makes sense oh wow interesting so yeah a lot of people a lot of legacy staff will go over to tipping restaurants did you just like should people just did people just basically get an episode of reply all like what? <laughs> yeah I, th- I think this is or, or like whatever it was like sure. i was listening to yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah essentially. I, like that. I like that no we're better because we did it in, class so in yeah like three uh, minutes so you can learn nothing from this song let's do another real I, segment. I just learned that whole fucking thing <laughs> you just taught me all right you want to do another real segment yeah let's uh, do one that's actually good and funny okay i thought that was very funny i laughed a lot when you were describing tipping i put my hands around your neck you wrap your arms around. <laughs> no, you should like, usually harmonize. I know. Things, I was, I was, coming, in, hear I was coming in high. Imagine that this song describes a date or a relationship. Who I kind of did that. Yeah. Who are the partner? Let's try again. <sighs> Third time's a charm. Maybe we should end this. Here it is. Fun and games. Fun games. There's a board game based on this song. What are the mechanics, pieces, etc.? I feel like this is like a Balderdash game. Like it's one of those card-based party games where like finish this sentence uh, or like okay, or, like, I left a tip, but <laughs> and then so, you have to like or like apples to apples where you have to go yeah. around and like match or, or cards against humanity or something. Sure. So, but but my so my problem with this is, do you have like a whiteboard or do you have cards? You have cards. So like the first the. The first card has like the first stand, like the first half sure. of the clause, and the second card. So it's like I left a tip, but it was not in matrimony. <laughs> like, so you, like, but so all the secondary parts are intensely boring. I told my side, but it was never a donation. <laughs> so yes, they are intensely boring. <laughs> so I took uh, a trip, but I refused to take a number. <laughs> I played along, but I would Wait, finish what I started. So you can, so you can be like. <laughs> I I left a tip, but it was never a vacation. Okay, yeah. I understand how. Yeah, this you is see, going how, see how I'm yes, going yes. now. See, it's not can, a very good game because this is not a very good song. No, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so can you can you do the the verses that like I took her hand, but I would finish what I started. <laughs> can you do the so ones that aren't really it's, X but Y? So I feel like it's a it's a matching game, but there's also like a a mystery component to it because uh-huh. you're trying to there's like a a card that you draw at the beginning of the game and like one person has it and it's face down and like you get all of these characteristics and your goal is to match them to try and get the person sure or actually maybe everyone gets a person and you're trying to match each other's person and if, if like like oh i guess you're tom like you get 
Like, so it's Cards Against Humanity slash Guess Who slash. <laughs> okay. We always like to we always like to mix mix yeah, yeah it's mix a mash board up. games here. Yeah, a mash I think up. every every board game has been done. There's no new ideas. So now you just have to mash up mechanics and uh, thoughts about things. Have they done a board game that like you stick to the ceiling and you have to like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but hang things from it. Here is here is the 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 catch in this board game mm-hmm. is that the first like six cards on the top of the deck all have like, but it was never a donation, but it wasn't the vacation. And then the rest of the game is just blank cards that you have to fill in on your own. <laughs> and the game is called unfinished and we've made this game now. And like the, uh, the box is, uh, only five corners. Yes. So five corners, or five, five sides. Cause like a cube is six sides. Right? Oh, 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 so it's a, it's like five sides. So it's got an empty, it's like a thing. So you have, to carry, you have to carry it a certain way. Or everything will fall out of the box. Stores hate this game. That's Doctors right. hate this one simple trick, but you don't have to buy it. You can just like start in the the um. You go and you say, "I'd like to buy unfinished," and then the clerk will start ringing you up, and then you can just walk away. <laughs> so this is not just a game. We have to revamp it's society. Yeah, it's a meta. <laughs> it's a meta commentary. <laughs> okay, it's uh, it's System of a Down steal this album, except you can uh, yeah, you just walk out of the store with unfinished. There okay, and then you can you can describe it to your friends, but. After like 10 words, they just get caught in your throat. <laughs> this is a curse, not a game. Yeah, and then the best part of the game is... <laughs> All right, Evan, now's the time in the show when we take a piece of mail from our friends, our fans, our little dungarees. Here's a piece of mail from... Pleated or unpleated? Pleated. Gotta oh, be pleated. Oh, Wait, gosh, great like... or not great? <laughs> like mid-80. Oh, um, what decade are we in? Uh, today. Uh, not great. You're wrong. They're great. <laughs> pleats are great nowadays. Pleats are awesome. Pleated skirt. Damn, I love a pleated oh, I skirt. I think pleated pants. Oh, uh, I was just thinking pleats. This question comes to us from our friend Jared. Dear Evan and the Falcon, parentheses Saker, <laughs> what do each of the BNL boys smell like? If you don't know, please find out or guess. Love. Jared. That almost sounds like a C's Richard. <laughs> it email. very much does. Well, I believe that uh, Jared and C's hang out. They they yeah, run pretty, in the same circles. They're pretty close. I think C's has actually guessed it on Jared's Crypto Naturals a couple times. Oh, yeah. I believe that's true. Mm-hmm. I believe I've guessed it on his Crypto Naturals a couple times. I believe you've written a story, and then in the plugs, you didn't plug this podcast on the Crypto Naturalist. Did I? You did not. You said, oh, I write books, real books for a living. You can check out the Red Diaries. The Red Shoe Diaries? What's your book called? The Red Shoe Diaries. Okay, it's a The Devil Wears the Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> so what do each of the BNL boys smell like? Oh, man. I feel like this could go nasty or this could go well. Did we do this one? I, I like what they ate and stuff like that. Okay. Because um, I have a, a distinct sense memory of being like, Ed is Sandalwood. Like, there's no way Ed's not sandalwood, and I might just yeah, be the- Ed is sandalwood. Ed, Ed is, like, sandalwood and, like, leather and, like, like guitar varnish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's one of those, like, colognes that's very, me- like, whiskey and yeah. leather. Like, walking into, like a, like, a music store. Oh, he smells like a guitar center, for yeah. sure. <laughs> music go-round. Music go-round. Local Columbus references. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, I agree. He's So, you think he smells like a music store. I think he smells like- a dive bar i feel like Ed? a country a country bar i feel like he well, smells you, like, like walk in your your like boots are sticking to the ex- floor because people have spilled beer peanut shells uh-huh. and there's a dude on stage with just like an acoustic guitar and they got that cage around the stage because people throw exactly. bottles at him yeah did i ever tell you about the time i, have a, I had a bottle thrown at me on stage <laughs> why would why would anyone do that we were playing we were opening at a punk show number one. Oh, that's a mistake <laughs> wrong 
Uh, number two, the crowd was fucking drunk already. And I said to my partner, Cliff, who has been a friend of the pod, uh, I said, uh, hey, Cliff, Cliff, did you hear about those corduroy pillows? And he went, no. And I said, they're really making headlines. And somebody threw a fucking <laughs> bottle from the crowd at me. Well, they actually listened. They could actually hear what you were saying. So that's good. That's good. They were listening. <laughs> or do you think they actually heard it? Do you think they just wanted, Maybe to, throw, they just wanted me. to throw yes. a bottle? Um, Did it hit you? No, 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 no. It went to the side of me. Uh, and didn't explode. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Maybe it was just a toss more than a throw. But um, So I think that's what Ed smells like. like Can bro- you that, Broken bottles. The, broken, uh, broken bottles, country bar, cage around the stage of bar. Okay. Okay. Uh, Steve. Steve smells like... like an office before you're about to be called in to go and like talk to the principal. Wow. Like he just, just all nerves. So here's, I, I feel like we have two different ideas. Cause I feel like he smelled like a country fair. Like he smells like maybe some, some horse shit, but maybe some French fries. <laughs> like, I feel like it's that it's like, weird, like frying oil and horse shit. Yes. It's like a, the Canfield fair, a little bit, a little bit of diesel exhaust. Exactly. Like, like animals. It should be happy, but it's not <laughs> for some reason. It smells you're, you're more near the animal the, cages than the you grease are. Grease on the machine. Yes. It's like squeaking. So how do we combine these two? You work at the fair office and you're no, about you're, to be fired yeah. <laughs> on the day of the county fair. Sure. Okay. It smells like the uh, fair coordinator's office about to right before you're about to call it in to like I like that we both come up with a smell and then we have to combine them <laughs> to figure out what the voice smell like. This is good. Okay. Um because Kev. you've been opening the animal cages after hours. <laughs> and feeding Because them. you're secretly a member of PETA. Sure. Don't believe in. Yeah, but the animals refuse to leave, which is the most confusing part yeah. to you. Because all they know is their cage. Yeah, and they. Love that's it. pure Steve. That's pure Steve. Oh shit, you're right. <laughs> they just want to wallow in their filth. Um, <laughs> yes. Go on, Kevbo. Okay, what do you think he smells like? I think Kev smells like a hospital. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I think Kev smells like the sky. <laughs> like okay. what? If if you could breathe up there. Sure. And if you were like on an airplane and then all of a sudden oh you God. weren't on an airplane and you were just like high up, yeah. high up in the air, like pure, like. And so here's what that equates to. Mm-hmm. You have a terminal illness uh-huh. and it's, Make a wish it's the winter time uh-huh. and all winter they're, they're trying to cure you. And, and then on the first day of spring, they come to your room and they say, you're cured. We, we did it. It wasn't a slow <laughs> process. It was immediate. Wow. That medicine we tried last night. Never seen this work before. <laughs> fixed it. And you open, I must have rolled a 20. You open your window and the first breeze of spring rolls into your room. And mm. that's what Kevin is. After a terminal Dis- illness. Dismissing, like, yeah, dispersing the, the miasma of, yes. like, antiseptic and yes. filth yeah. that fills the hospital. That's Sky. Kevin. Kevin is the first breeze of spring. <laughs> yes. We do love Kevin. We lot, love him we? so much. Uh, Tyler. Like, Okay, this could get rough. I feel like Tyler smells to me. Tyler smells like the bed of a flatbed pickup truck that's been hard used. Like just okay. got done hauling a load of gravel, sure. and then you like go, you crawl into the pickup truck and just press your nose to like the rusty like thing, and like like take a big or but okay, no, no, it's it's the bed. Of, you you crawl up through the bed and into the like compartment sure and like this is like a like a working truck yeah so like the guys have been in here eating like eating mcdonald's yeah yeah, like, yeah. Okay. you know this is where like two guys have spent the day in here working yeah. and they're they're county workers they, they're yeah. surveyors so right. it smells like dirt and metal and, and metal and then like like there's a couple like wrapper yeah mcdonald's yeah. <laughs> like that's that's tyler that's pretty good that's tyler that's fairly to i me. was gonna say tyler smells like 
you just hung out with Guy Fieri all day. <laughs> Tyler smells like friend of the pod, Guy Fieri. Guy, friend of the pod. He's jovial. Like it smells. You just smell like fried food. I bet Guy Fieri smells great and happiness. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I, he smells like childhood. I'm sure. Yeah. So I think our our powers combined. Tyler smells like going on tour with Smash Mouth. <laughs> It's like a bus. It's like definitely you've got the vibe of dudes who. Do you think Smash Mouth still has a tour bus? Do you think they still warrant a tour bus? Rob, I bet they rent a van. Yeah, I bet they're back to that level. Yeah, because they still, they still out. Because they don't put on big stage. Yeah, they sell out really small venues and they play like at county fairs and stuff. So I bet they. God, we saw them in a eighty percent empty theater, which was the saddest. Well, I mean, it was also like Newark, Ohio. Yeah, it wasn't anywhere. It wasn't like I feel like they could have filled. They could have filled that theater in Columbus. Yeah, probably. Uh, Okay, good. Finally, we have our man Jim. Jim to me smells like when you go outside after a bad storm and it's got that ozone electrical mm. smell to him. I think I have the same okay, Jim to me smells like the back room of a like 10th grade science class. Yes. <laughs> so yes. like you've got like the the stuff for the Bunsen burners, yeah. you've got like the like the soap and stuff for the beakers, and you've got like elements. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bubbling and and, and uh things like that. So but it's not a pleasant smell. No, I don't think it's, chemicals it's, it's definitely chemical. Yeah. But like I mean, I feel like there's science going sure. on. Sure. So there's always are, science with Jim. <laughs> what are those two combined? Ozone. So he smells like Dr. Frankenstein. He smells like he smells like a um an eighth grade science project gone wrong okay yeah we're gonna take the class out and we're gonna launch this bottle rocket but the bottle rocket launched into jimmy's eye <laughs> that's yeah. what jim smells like he smells like a field trip where a kid got run over <laughs> what, what is you, that you took that real dark <laughs> i was like you know they were trying to like mix uh sodium and something and then they, <laughs> they, they it just started it stunk up the whole room is what i was going with not Somebody like died. a kid get a kid gets severely injured <laughs> Uh, so what is what does it smell like? Okay, so it smells like I like that an overflowing of overflowing baking beaker, soda, beaker, yeah. sodium. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. I wow. Don't, I don't actually know any science experiments. <laughs> All I know is the volcano one. I do want to get into that. Like when my my kid gets older, I want to like do at home science. Oh yeah, make some slime with him. Yeah, that'd be a good time. Uh, good, Jared. Jared. I hope you can smell him in your head what do you right think now. Andy smells like. That's a trick question. Andy doesn't smell like anything. <laughs> he smells you. <laughs> Ebo <laughs> and uh, we done did it. Winner in every race. Winner in every race. They say that at the, the state fair. How many of you optimists? You play a horse about this. Oh, that's that, your favorite Bastille song. <laughs> that's my the only Bastille song. Ebo, we done did another app. Hey, there's there's something else for me to know. What is it? I'll see you again in one week. Treat you.
Welcome to They Them Theirs, a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here, we're queer, let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary, and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 (laughs) We talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. (laughs) You can listen at theorangegroves.com or search They Them Theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care, and remember, nice gender.